On today's episode of Brody and the Beard, Kelly Eco and I are going to talk with Sam Amick, who had a chance to chat with Rockets owner Tillman Fertitta. We're also going to talk about the rumors of Tom Thibodeau being possibly the Rockets' next head coach and necessarily what that means for Mike D'Antoni. If the offense is triangular, it's something like a prism. Put you on that lockdown defense like a prison. Hakeem was the dream. The MVPs must be his children. They won 22 games in a row. That's a rhythm. Triple-double rust, man. I need you to acknowledge he don't do this for the optics, man. He do this for the Rockets. Opponents want the smoke. They in his pockets. Don't you get them started? He a monster. He a lockness. Ah. And James Harden, that's the beer gang. Every time he dribble, his opponents feeling fear, man. It's Brody and the beard, don't be a victim. The legends in the flesh to the show you are a witness. Seek and you shall find all the answers to your questions. Tune in, he gon' tell the truth, you like confessions. Gather round, come and hear the word, just like a Christian. I'm urging you to listen, it's the Kelly Ecosystem. Welcome to a new episode of Brody and the Beard on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mo DeKeel, and with me, as always, is our beat writer on the ground covering the Rockets, Kelly Eco. Kelly, how you doing? I'm good, man. I'm, uh, it's kind of at the point where I'm kind of in a rhythm. Like, it sucks not covering games and stuff, but I'm kind of in a rhythm now. It's not, it's not so bad. Finding your flow. Have you developed any new nicknames? During the quarantine, have you gotten anything going that that's no. in the works here? The, cor- the quarantine, the the nicknames are also on uh, hiatus, so I haven't got anything new yet. That's a little disappointing, but we got a special guest with us today. We got probably one of the top writers for the Athletic, and really just covers the NBA in general. He's awesome, awesome dude. Sam Amick, also host of Tampering. The podcast, make sure you check that out. They have a great episode with Meta World Peace that just dropped the other day. Sam, how you doing, man? Uncle Sam. Gentlemen, I'm doing fine. Kind of like Kelly said, you know, you're getting used to uh, this new way of life. Uh, by the way, Kelly, speaking of new names, I, I saw the birth name on social media the other day. I, I never knew the roots of, of your Kelly name. So that was, you know, I learned a little <laughs> bit more about you, man. Hey, one day at a time. I like it. I like it. No, but I'm fine. You know, um, still doing our thing out here outside of Sacramento, you know, the, uh, in this neck of the woods, thankfully, um, knock on wood, the, the virus has been, you know, the numbers have been fairly low, but still doing our part when it comes to, uh, the social distancing front and, uh, and, and trying to tell a few stories in the process. Early on, Sam, I noticed you had moved your office outside from time to time. Have you still been doing that? Is that still the uh, <laughs> sitting yeah, on the garage? For sure. <laughs> here's here's the rotation, and I'll make it fast because I don't want the listener, uh, you know, listeners to drop off as they get bored here. But like, so I'm in my actual office in our house right now. Just it is what it is. Nice office. the The front porch can become office number two. Uh, we have an umbrella set up to you know get me around the sun and, and kind of make it comfortable. The truth is we also have a couple neighbors with young kids and they'll come out, you know, and they keep their distance from people, but they come out and play. And so I'm just being honest. Like if, if kids come out and there's noise and the energy changes, you know, then we might go to office number three in the backyard, you know, and, and maybe mix it up that way. And and then, you know, essentially it's on a cycle from there. So, you know, it, yeah, I mean it's it could be worse. I I am thankful that we got room to breathe here, but uh it is it, it's just Kelly used that word rhythm. It's just the you know, groundhog day I keep telling people um like we do our our pod tampering on Mondays 
And so today being Tuesday, as we record this, it's just the rhythm is a trip because, all right, Monday, let's get a good guest. Let's do our thing. Let's talk. Maybe we write a story out of that. Then you kind of uh, build your your week out from there. Uh, and then, you know, you end up having more of a regular weekend than we typically would in these jobs, you know, yep. even if it's not, right. you know, two full days, like maybe two half days where you get a little work done and and then do whatever you feel like doing on the home front. Uh, and then you get up and do it all over again. Like today, <laughs> I kept you guys waiting because we we needed a little bit of food and we made a, a trip out to the store and I'm legit joking with my wife like i'm kind of excited this is you know neat to get out like it's you know <laughs> right. it's a big shoes. moment i've been here <laughs> we got two cars world. yeah like we got two cars i'm not even kidding like i gotta i gotta fire one up today just to keep it fresh because it hasn't been running like three weeks yeah so no, that's where we're at gotta gotta do that before the cobwebs grow on it but right. we did bring you here today to talk about your interview with tillman fertita and just for folks who happen to not be a subscriber yet we have a 90-day free trial. Like, I never even really kind of heard of a 90-day free trial until this. And you can read everything you possibly could want on The Athletic over the next 90 days in this free trial. And I promise you, at the end of this, you're probably going to want to subscribe. And, you know, this is one of the great pieces we can jump into and you can expect, you know, our one of our top guys getting an interview with the Houston Rockets owner. How does that come about, first off, like getting Tillman to, to talk during this time? Well, real quick, Mo, uh, I'm with you on the 90 day free trial. Um, you know, we try to keep it real positive and positive and light with the readers. I laughed today and, and don't worry, I'm not going too far down this rabbit hole, but I posted a story we had today and um, not to be the R rated podcast guy, but this guy, this guy hit me on Twitter. He says, don't post shit. I can't read. Unfollow. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> you know, like so I tried to be, I, th I thought about being a good company man and being like, you know, you can have a 90 day free trial. And, that, and I, I just didn't have it in me. And, and my response was, man, I'm broken up over here. You know, like, like so, but yeah, 90 day, 90 day free trial. Uh, it's, it's a good deal. I know. I know. Um, the Tillman conversation, I guess the first thought would be that you know, got to know him a little bit since he owned the team, uh, bought the team for uh, for uh, two plus billion dollars a couple years ago. When I was still at USA Today, did a kind of an access piece with Tillman. Uh, they played the Warriors during a regular season game, and it was kind of just like the the early experience of what it was like for him as a new owner. So got to know him a little bit. The genesis of this story. Uh, and I, I mean, I, it's one of those things I'll probably pull the curtain back a little bit. Can't go all the way, but, but I had been in communication with, you know, somebody else from the organization about other topics in the course of those conversations happened to just in a casual off record type way, make a few observations and really that went well beyond the rockets. I was sharing my opinion of the fact that the longer that this uh, pandemic continues, the longer that we have no season, that you, you know, and this is not just basketball, it's baseball, football, all of the above, you're going to right. see owners really struggle. And it's a different form of struggling. Nobody's talking about them not being able to pay the, the basic bills or to feed themselves, but you might have a change in ownership, uh, maybe at, you know, some corners of the pro sports world. Uh, and again, I, I mean, I'll underscore the fact that it legit was not any sort of, you know, sound the alarms, man, I heard the Rockets, you know, I heard Tillman's in trouble. That was not what happened. 
But lo and behold, uh, that led to a follow-up conversation <laughs> where he and I connected. And, you know, and ultimately that was the, uh, the story that people read. Right. And then like, what was your, like the, the main thesis of it from, from his end is like, we're fine, you know, and, and he kind of separated the, the businesses he has, the, the restaurants, the casinos and things like that. And that's one silo. And, and then he has the, the rockets in another silo. So he, he, he seems pretty confident he, he can cover both going, right? He does. Um, you know, listen, we talked last Thursday and on Friday, uh, as Kelly certainly knows, you know, the state of Texas reopened to a degree where you have restaurants uh, allowed to have 25% capacity. Yep. And for Tillman, and he mentioned in the interview, that meant that 200 of his restaurants plus were going to be somewhat open. Now, let's not forget, I mean, 25%, you're still <laughs> taking a major loss. Right. Uh, not to mention, I, I've heard on other platforms that in terms of how many actual entity or, you know, properties he has, that it's, it's up there in the 600 territory. So, you know, it helps. But the timing, I thought, was interesting of, you know, the you know, in relation to the tone that he took, because it's like one day from there, at least being a little bit of an easing of the financial pain as Texas reopened. Now, you know, is it as simple as him saying they're fine? No, because listen, you know, nobody disputed the, you know, the information that I shared in the story that had been reported elsewhere that you're talking about a guy whose net worth has been, you know, has, has been cut uh, about a third in pretty short order because of what has happened. He's fallen off the Forbes list of, you know, 500 most wealthy people in the world. And it's, it's hurt his business a great deal when you're talking about restaurants and hotels and casinos. But the silo aspect is one that is interesting because one thing that I think people overlook is that the Rockets are extremely profitable just when it comes to Revenue and how they compared to most NBA teams. Um, I, I would I would kind of bring up this comparison, guys. The Utah Jazz, owned by the Miller family, Larry Miller, the late Larry Miller, uh, you know, previous leader, and, and now Gail Miller. You know, his widow is leading that organization, and by all accounts, about as upstanding and high class of an ownership group as you can find. But they make their money in theaters and uh, car dealerships. They were brutalized early on financially by what's happening. Lo and behold, they had significant layoffs within their jazz organization. So this is where I, I find this conversation so interesting because I understand Tillman's point about siloing off his business in relation to the Rockets, you know, but obviously there are some teams where that is simply not the case. And you do see a ripple effect. And and listen. I do think, I mean, some people didn't like the interview, didn't like the story. It's fine. But I think it's fair and responsible to make sure people know the Rockets have not had any layoffs. Uh, they have not had any, had any pay cuts. And other organizations can't say that. So, you know, at minimum, like maybe let's not have Tillman be the person at the very, very tip top of the list of compromised owners, if that makes sense. Because we have evidence right. already showing us that other organizations are hurting more. The last thought real quick, guys, you know, a lot of focus in the financial world on the $300 million loan that Tillman took on at 13%, which is people have kind of joked like that's, you know, those are gangster rates type deal. <laughs> right. Nobody takes that kind of money. 
you know, his explanation was that it's it's a bridge that he wanted liquidity, and, and that he has such high faith in his different ventures that he just has to make sure the ground doesn't fall out. So, I mean, the fun part about reporting of any kind, sports, financial, news, politics, like time will tell, and we will see, you know, how an interview like this holds up in terms of whether or not he can weather this storm. Sam, you know, from the NBA, NFL, all sports, how, how much influence do you think they can have, you know, as it comes to reopening sports, you know, in conjunction with, you know, the states and the city's orders as phase one, phase two, phase three, and so on? How, what's the nature of that relationship between the, the, the city states and the individual sports leagues? Yeah, I mean, there's synergy there um, to a degree that honestly I didn't really understand before this. I really had no reason to take a pulse on the different relationships between owners and politicians. And so in the Houston situation, uh, again, should for good, you know, for responsible context, should mention that Tillman was part of a 39 person special advisory council, you know, that the governor of Texas had put together Greg Abbott to focus on the reopening of the economy. And so you have a guy of Tillman stature, obviously a local boy from Galveston that now has, you know, a voice beyond, you know, the, the voice that we thought he had. Now he's in the room where it happened, so to speak. Uh, that stuff, I think, you know, that dialogue does, there's influence there. In my neck of the woods, there are members of the Sacramento Kings management team that, uh, have long histories with the California governor, Gavin Newsom, and who, and we reported last week in a story that I did with Joe Varden that all four California teams were essentially petitioning with Gavin Newsom to be part of stage two or phase two of the reopening of the economy and that they would be categorized as, uh, you know, not a normal gym by any means because, you know, you're talking about maybe like having a one player, one basket rule and, and it's very different than going to your 24-hour fitness. So, but again, to your question, Kelly, you know, they have a, a the bat phone of the governor out here, and that's gonna help probably all four California teams. So that stuff matters. And and then league-wide, I think one of the things they continue to monitor and analyze and debate is that fine line between possibly coming out too early as a league and possibly trying to save the season. Uh, in the kind of way that's irresponsible from a health standpoint. But then yeah, at what point does it go from that to maybe playing a leadership role um, as the entire country finds a way to resume whatever our new norm is going to be? And I don't really envy Adam Silver on that front or any of the league officials because I think the distance between those two dynamics is extremely you know thin. And then and I think there's a high potential of risk uh, PR-wise to get it wrong. But, but I, you know, again, the government um, correlation to the, the pro sports leagues is a very real thing. That's pretty interesting. I mean, I wonder how much sleep uh, Silver is getting during this time. Like, it's got to be just constant stress for him in the, in the, the, the worrying of, like, what we're going to do. I just, that, that he's can't probably, be a fun position. <laughs> well, he's probably watching The Last Dance going, man, I had a good job back in the day. Like, yeah, right, right. <laughs> head of NBA Entertainment, you know, all I had to worry about is, like, does Michael want this footage to get, you know, shared with the world? <laughs> like, simple, I mean, this simple, goes simple to the, times. 
Right. It goes to the guy who goes from being the assistant coach to the head coach, looking back at that assistant coach seat, going like, "Can pretty, I get that one back?" Sweet, yeah. Oh yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Man, I, I'm getting a lot of heat here. All right, fellas, let's get serious for a second. If you're bored in the house, why not spend some of your time on yourself? Our sponsor today, Manscaped, is here to make sure you're well groomed above and below the belt. Manscaped promotes clean hygiene when it comes to shaving thanks to their Lawnmower 3.0. And trust me, guys, hygiene is extremely important. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with a new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to help round out your manscaping routine. Guys, this is just so important. Subscribe and get the perfect package and get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer always stays fresh and clean. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Make sure to use the code THEATHLETIC. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag, $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-shaping Manscaping Boxer Briefs. So go to manscaped.com today and use the code THEATHLETIC, T-H-E-A-T-H-L-E-T-I-C. But bringing it into to coaching and, and, and really to our next subject, you know, there, there's been news popping over the past few days of you know, the Rockets have shown interest in Tom Thibodeau uh, possibly following up Mike D'Antoni. Like, for me, it's weird because, like, Coach D'Antoni's already in, still in the seat. Like, I never, I never like hearing these things when a coach is already there. Granted, part of that might be my just experience when I was with the Clippers and, and, and Vinny was, you know, in the last year of his deal. Like, I understand the situation that Coach D'Antoni's going through. So it's like it's kind of just stressful, but hearing the the reports that the Rockets have interest in Tibbs, you know, possibly replacing him, like what are the first things that kind of come to your mind on, on and 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 what are you hearing around the league about that? Yeah, I mean, first thought would be, and I could be wrong, but I just like always, just based on my knowledge, um, out of fairness to the Rockets, the reporting I saw, it it kind of landed in my mind more like okay whether it was Mark Stein or, or whoever else had reported on this. I think I saw Mark tweeting about it for the New York Times that, you know, that very well could, could only have been conversations with people who know what the Rockets might be thinking. And then Tom's name comes up, does not necessarily mean they're, they're taking the next step that they would be inappropriate at this time to uh, communicate with Tom or his representation. So there's a distinction there that I think is fair to, you know, we should mention. Now, the Tibbs thing in general landed uh, strangely with me. For one, definitely, you know, as I reported a couple months ago, do, you know, barring a championship, if they do save the season, I, I do not get the sense that Mike D'Antoni is going to be back. Um, you've had a major divide in the contract negotiations. I'm always cautious when it comes to reporting, so I'm going to throw in the never say never Pro sports is a crazy thing. You know what I mean? But like the information that we've constantly heard is that, you know, that bridge for the most part has been burned. 
And now they're just kind of mutually agreeing to make the best of the time they have together. But again, who the hell knows on the back end? But um, Jeff Van Gundy's name is the one that I had heard consistently as a very possible replacement for Mike. And and it's interesting to see Tibbs' name in there now because you got a guy who was uh, Jeff's top assistant when Jeff was the Rockets coach and a guy who, you know, in terms of like the optics around Tom, it's been a bit of a roller coaster the past couple of years. You you know, he was labeled essentially like kind of a, a dinosaur who was too tough on his players and did not assimilate with today's NBA, you know, during the end of that Minnesota stay. But honestly, I think Jimmy Butler going off to Miami, Jimmy Butler continuing to vouch for Tibbs in interviews, Jimmy Butler continuing to tell the world that Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins and company were the problem and not the coach. I think that could possibly resonate with owners, with GMs, and uh, and maybe you have a little bit more of an appetite for this tough love style than than we might have thought otherwise. So, uh, you know, Van Gundy and Tibbs being from the same tree, whatever happens next, I think you are starting to get a sense of what might be prioritized. Obviously, defense first, discipline. Now, you know, it's try to juxtapose that and reconcile that with James Harden uh, in particular. Um, you know, with Tibbs or Van Gundy just barking at him on on the defensive side. I mean, there's a lot we could get into there, but uh, but right now that's probably how I see it. Sam, I, th- I think it was a uh, Mark Berman of the New York Post that uh, tweeted it. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Good credit. I did see that. Berman had the Tibbs thing. Stein tweeted something like a month ago, but yeah, and and Berman. Okay, a month ago. Okay. There's also not to not to go down the media politics road at all, but. I'll just put it this way. Like it's, you know, there is a, uh, over the years, there is a, a disproportionate uh, level of support for Tom Thibodeau that comes out of the New York media. I'll, I'll phrase it that way. So you sometimes have to, you know, kind of wonder where the the talking points are coming from. And and Sam, I'm not sure if you were there uh, for media day this year, but I think one of the first things that they asked Tillman was about my situation and, he he called him some, someone called him a lame duck, and someone kind of right. pushed pushed back on that. But in reality, that's essentially what this was, given you know how the summer was so public and how it played out. But you know, if Mike does leave, do you think that there would be more to lean towards Tibbs, or or is that just a name in a in a wide pool? You know, like the way the Rockets do stuff, there are always names that get thrown out because. You no, know, they're they're very open and thorough with how they do things. But how do you think that process would go if something like that were to happen? I mean, I I think that it's very, very, very possible, maybe even likely that you know that Daryl Morey is has a lot of clarity right now on who he would prefer to be the Rockets' next coach. And the backstory is worth bringing up is that just the reality is that Les Alexander hired Mike D'Antoni. Yeah. You know, and Jeff's name was part of that search even before, you know, during that time. And and I thought, I, I remember, I mean, I, honestly, this is harmless enough to share at this point. You know, I spoke with Jeff at that time about the fact, like I very plainly and directly 
uh, at the time on background again, it doesn't matter now, but like, just, just put it to him like, Hey, I'm here. And like, this is your job and wanted to, to get a sense from him. Uh, no, obviously it wasn't, he, obviously he didn't get it. And, but he was part of it before. Yeah. Uh, and then the other, you know, the other, I guess the, not even the back end, but the front end of that story is that when Jeff was the coach previously, um, and I just, I literally just asked somebody about this the other day. Like, if anything, you know, Jeff getting shown the door uh, in terms of the personal dynamics, and that was, I believe, Jeff getting shown the door uh, and eventually getting replaced by Rick Adelman, was that that was a, a less Alexander thing as well. And so you're starting to see that, and I think it was only like two weeks after Daryl took the job. And so his voice obviously was not what it is now. And so you're seeing that on the front end, you said goodbye to a coach where Daryl didn't really have much to do with saying goodbye to him, uh, conceivably. And then on the other side of it, uh, you know, he seemed to have some interest. And then ultimately they went with D'Antoni. So uh, I, I'm not ready to, to move away from Jeff's name. But again, since Tom is in the same family, then it does stand a reason that he's going to be in the mix. And then you got other openings. You've got like the net situation in particular. I'm curious. I, I, we kind of teamed up the other day with our Nets beat writer, uh, Alex Schiffer, about their situation. And does Jacques Vaughn really have a, a crack at it? But I mean, you know, guys like, I mean, Jeff Van Gundy's name was mentioned in that one. So you might have competition. That's where the timing is going to be tough for the Rockets because they're on standby right now. They, you know, they're not going to do anything in, until they know uh, if they get to finish the season off. Yeah, I, I want to go back a little bit to something you had mentioned too. And whether it's, Van Gundy or, or Thibodeau, it is going to be interesting to see how that relationship with James Harden goes because we know how Tibbs is defensively. We know how Jeff Van Gundy is defensively, and and we we know that that's not really Harden's favorite side of the court. He's gotten better at it, but it's not really his thing. Like I think Russ would thrive under either one of those guys. But my real question is like, what what does it look like for Harden? And then also you. You've built this team now that's strictly for small ball. And now it's, you know, you're bringing in coaches who I think are going to immediately want to get some sort of big man in there um, and and start kind of shaking it up. I think bringing in one of those coaches means like there's going to be a lot more changes to come uh, beyond that. You know, just the, we just got a new coach. Okay, let's go. You know, like I can't imagine especially Tibbs, I just can't imagine him wanting to go with, okay, now we're just going to place five smalls and let's go. Um, right. So I find that that aspect really interesting of them being interested in Tibbs and, and to the same degree as uh, with Jeff Van Gundy as well. Yeah, no, I agree. And that's the first, you know, that's where the conversation should go once you mention those names and how they, they just, they're you know, those guys are so much different than Mike and what he does. You're talking about, you know, one of the great offensive innovators in the history of the game and D'Antoni and a guy who has constantly been criticized for, you know, um, his coaching shops on the defensive side. I mean, listen, for quite a while now, he's gone out and gotten really good defensive generals coaching wise and, and tried to make that side of the ball work as well. So I don't know how, what to make of that now. Yeah, I would, I would probably expect, you know, roster change at that point. And you look at a guy like PJ Tucker, where Kelly and I both have written extensively about his contract situation. And actually, 
you know, it's funny guys watching the last dance documentary and you wind up thinking about different teams in the context of what those bulls went through. And the warriors come up first of all, for obvious reasons, but the Scotty Pippen episode had me thinking about PJ Tucker and the idea that, uh, that every contending team or title team seems to have a bad contract. And that's kind of how the CBA is built that, you know, you just can't take care of everybody. And so, you know, that PJ to me would be candidate number one where, okay, they, they say, thank you for everything you did here. They, you know, they see what his market looks like. Maybe you get a conventional big uh, trade wise back in return uh, because you already know that, that PJ feels like he's not getting paid commensurate with what he's done for your program. So, you know, who knows how that unfolds, but it's a, a very fair point to raise. Yeah, and going back on that PJ thing, I know obviously he wasn't particularly pleased with how how late it took them to to guarantee the, uh, the deal for next season. To me, I just think that this summer, whatever happens with the, the NBA this season, it's going to be some sort of era shift, you know, because the D'Antoni years is an era. If you want to, if you want to be fair, right. The, the yeah. things he's brought to the team. Yeah, absolutely. The, the styles he's brought, the success they've had, that's been an error. So for them to move away from that, if they do, you know, you, you kind of have to look at the team as a whole and see what pieces are we keeping, what pieces are we not keeping. And that also, you know, it's, it's just going to be a whole summer of change if, if that's the first domino to fall. And, and that's kind of how I see it. One other thing too, you brought up the, the Nets job, Sam. Like that's a job that I think, D'Antoni could be interested in like that's yeah, a good for job sure. for him you know he's right he, he's had a relationship with uh Kevin Durant with Team USA um you know yep. coached him there I don't know how much that correlates or whatnot but and, and they got along well from what I remember yeah and then you know you have two ball dominant ball handers a big fan of him yeah I mean you have a lot of the things I think that's a guy that you know the Brooklyn should be looking at in this situation going like you know and and no, no nothing on against my guy Jack Vaughn, my 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 Spurs guy deal there, but like that might be a perfect fit. Just let him slide right in and let and let uh D'Antoni cook with these guys. Cause I think that'd be an interesting lineup for that for, for him. I think he'd have a lot of fun with that squad too. Yeah, he could. And make no mistake, like players, Mike is a players guy. Like you you ask yeah, any guy oh, around absolutely. the league, they will do a lot of things for. I remember Joe Green telling me he would die on the court for Mike D'Antoni. So right. there, he's a po- he's a popular guy in the locker room and organizations. So wherever he ends up, just know that because everyone talks about players, you know, free agencies, but coaches have that as well. And Mike will have you know if he's available, there are teams that will be asking about his services for sure. No, I agree. I think the uh, not not even really being glib, but you know, Mike. You talk about some some personalities, some characters that he's coached, and so what what might his mindset be about the Brooklyn crew? Um, you know, if he has a conversation with Steve Kerr about Kevin Durant, if he talks to Ty Lue about Kyrie Irving, um, you know, I think chemistry is going to be a major topic for that team going forward. But I mean, I, I do for sure think that that Mike should be in the mix for that Nets job. Sam, we're going to get into uh, Kelly's uh, story on Daniel House, but. Figure we 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 cut you loose here a little bit. You got any parting shots here for us? 
words of wisdom doesn't necessarily have to be any shots could be um i I, I kind of from sam kelly's got sam for me for anybody out there that's that's listening you know sam is the perfect example of why you have to build relationships with people in the nba people you work with because in times like these those are going to be the ones that you have to lean on you know to get stories to get content and sam is someone who's been more in tune with mike than probably anyone I know around the league. So he's an OG for reasons why I call him Uncle Sam. He knows his shit, so. Thank you, brother. <laughs> old OG just means, you know, old as hell. So thanks for that. <laughs> that was your parting shot. But boys, I appreciate it. Mo, uh, you know, next time, can we get that, that mile time under 10 minutes? Let's pick that up a little bit. I mean, the first couple were. That's <laughs> 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 I'm just I'm saying, if you're going to post it, you could Photoshop the, uh, and for the listeners who don't know, we joked off air, Mo went for a six mile run today. Uh, I have not done a six mile run for decades, so I should not be giving you a hard time. <laughs> but I mean, if you're going to post your, the, you know, the, the receipts and the, the tab, so to speak, I mean, you could Photoshop it. You could, you know, work on that 10 and turn that down to a seven and, and just make yourself look good. Just let yeah, you know. But you know, but, but you know me, so Sam, like if I'm going to Photoshop and cheat, it's going to be like a mer- like a five minute mile pace. Kind of <laughs> it's going to be like, damn, Mo's really fast. <laughs> Man, I didn't know Mo was Kenyan. What is he like? <laughs> <laughs> I'm North African, close yeah. enough, man. Like, we got that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, guys, stay safe, stay sane. I know this is getting, uh, you know, repetitive and redundant. So, I, like, Mo, for real, when you texted me saying, can you come on the pod, I literally was like, oh, it's a, it's a different set of humans I can talk to on that day. <laughs> so I'm, I'm all in. So thank you guys for having me. We'll talk soon. Thanks for coming Thanks, on, Sam. Sam. Like I said earlier, you can read all of Sam's stuff with a 90-day free trial on The Athletic, and you can read our guy Kelly Eco stuff. He just dropped a great piece on Daniel House. He's getting in and talking to these guys and what's been going on and how they're feeling with the season and everything like that. Kelly, man, give us a quick like synopsis of this piece that you just dropped with uh, Daniel. Yeah, well, Daniel for me has been a guy who's always been interesting just from the circumstances of how he came to the team. You know, the Rockets clearly had a small forward hole since Ariza left and they were going through injuries 2018 season and, you know, House comes to the team. He has a great couple of 30 game stretch, but it's a small sample size. So they try and give him a deal, kind of a similar deal to the Gary Clark thing. He turns it down. Uh, he ends up getting a three year, $12 million deal. And this season, you know, he starts out really great. He's on fire. He's starting. He's playing 30, 33 minutes a game. And then January comes, he goes through a slump. I technically call it a rookie wall because he's 26 years old, but he's only had like 55 starts in his career. So technically, he doesn't have that much NBA real experience yet. So I kind of classify that as the rookie wall for him. So when he went through that slump, you know, he got benched for Ben McLemore and he eventually came back. But this was kind of talking to him about the year you know, why he can be an X factor in their small ball lineup, you know, as a cutter, as a playmaker, you know, with the five out scheme, you know, if teams are going to try and all these weird defensive schemes for James Harden, trapping him, doubling him, the way that he can be effective is if house can be kind of like the pseudo Capella run down the rim and get guys open in the corners or the wings. And we're just talking to him about what he did, right. 
what he needs to work on in, in, the, in the summer and how he can be an impact player going forward. That's awesome. And we've talked about it. We talked about it last episode, you know, how, how important it was for him, especially when, you know, Eric Gordon went down and how guys like him and, and Ben McLemore and all those guys had to kind of step up. And it, it did kind of become a bit of a rough season in that sense of like, you know, when you hit that wall, man, it doesn't matter, rookie, sophomore, whatever, yeah. like you hit a, you hit a, 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 a rough patch. It's hard sometimes to kind of dig yourself out of it. Like it, it, it can be difficult. Like I've seen it with players where some guys can get out of these things pretty easily. Other guys end up making more mistakes and, and compounding their mistakes because they're so desperately trying to get out of it. And, you know, it's, it's a, it's a tough thing for young players and all that stuff. And, and I think, you know, it's, it's something we're going to end up having to see how he responds to all this stuff. Um, whether we even get a playoffs this year or, or or how he how he learns from that going into next season and and seeing how all that plays out and especially you know like we just talked about with Sam you know I you know a new coach is going to be an adjustment to a whole bunch of things and a whole new system that he'd have to learn and and it's going to be a bit challenging but I think that's kind of you know a, a good ending point here Kelly folks go read Kelly's stuff go take advantage of the 90 day offer you know, it's a free trial if you're not a, a subscriber. And if you're already a subscriber, just, you know, jump on in it, man. We got a ton of great writing out there across the board and I, I can't recommend it enough. And of course, you know, listen to the podcast, especially Brody and the beard. Kelly, you hey. got any parting, any, any, anything else to say before we, uh, we adjourn for the week? Keep doing the stuff you do. Stay indoors, you know, ride your bike. Tell a, a loved one you love them. If you can grow a mustache, do. If you can't. You know, look at Mo. He, he's got enough. That for was all a of very us. shuttle. See, that was a very subtle shot there. He's got a. <laughs> that was a very. He tried to sneak one in under the bell. I said, if he can, he's got enough for us. I'm giving you a compliment, bro. No, dude. Like the way you're saying it, and the way you've spoken <laughs> to me about my mustache off the air. Like well, I know it's coming those... from jealousy. That's what it's coming from. I can't grow it. That yeah, way. right. That, that I don't know if Sasha could smell it, but it definitely smells like BS right here. Um, <laughs> for. For our guest, Sam Amick, for Kelly Eco, for our amazing producer, Sasha Shaw, and for me, Mo DeKeel, we're out!